Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, I am Sean Cheong and this is The Bigger Picture. With me this morning is Kelvin Wong, the Senior Market Analyst from Oanda, to share with us his insights today about what a difference the last eight weeks has made. Just imagine about seven to eight weeks ago, the bears seemed to have control of the market as the market went into a bear correctional territory and now it seems to have done the opposite. So it's been quite parabolic. Good morning, Kelvin. Hey, good morning to you, Sean. Right, so, based on the data that has been released recently, as well mm-hmm. as the earnings reports that have come out, has the economy really improved in the last eight weeks? Uh, well, I would say that the economy is, uh, in the US economy, is, is rather uh, almost the same. But uh, what is the key economic data is uh, informing us right now is that uh, we are still has a kind of a low, lower odds of a hard landing. Uh, more skewed towards a soft landing uh, scenario. And so on top of that, I want like to highlight is that the dividend uh, value in the U.S. major benchmark investors has been finally more driven on the liquidity measures, uh, i.e. that means we start to see a significant uh, slowdown in the longer-term U.S. Treasury yield. Well, despite fears of a recession, the rally has been remarkably strong. With talks of a likely rate decrease in 2024, can the market's alleged greed continue to push stocks higher? If you look at the situation over here right now, is that based on the current uh, momentum, I would say that it's more skewed towards the bullish side of the story. Mm. And do not forget over here is that uh, today, uh, in fact, later tomorrow, early Singapore morning, you have this all-important uh, U.S. FOMC meeting. Uh, I think market participants will be scrutinizing the dot plot. Uh, so basically, what's the dot plot? Uh, it's actually the latest release of Fed official forecast on the Fed fund rate. Because if you look at the current situation right now, is that market is actually pricing in at least four interest rate cuts heading into 2024. So that's actually almost twice as much cuts versus the previous dot plot that was released in September. So uh, it's very interesting to see how the Federal Reserve could align their projection, the market expectation. And let's say, for example, if they go against market expectation by pencil in less than four interest rate cuts, then Powell's speech will be very important. So perhaps if Powell starts to mention that uh, the Fed is actually perhaps ready to actually act on the next step if the economy starts to weaken into the 2024, that could be sound more like a dovish pause rather than a hawkish pause in terms of the guardians that's portrayed by the Fed. And that may continue to actually sustain this ongoing bullish momentum, at least into the first quarter of next year. Right. And uh, just taking a look at what's transpired yesterday, we saw a lot of highs. The the S&P 500 was hitting highs since 2022. Many of the stocks have also hit many 52-week highs, not just in the mega cap, but it's been broadening out many names across different sectors. So theory would suggest then that at such levels, we might be seeing some means trading reversion at some point. But in the same token, this is the saying also goes that you don't sell into a quiet market. And December is a quiet market traditionally. So I guess that will put the question as, are we seeing a season of a contradiction in the market, in terms of market theory? Uh, yeah, yeah. So right now over here is, the for sure is that uh, number one is the liquidity factor that is driving this ongoing bullish momentum in the US stock market. And uh, one thing is pretty much positive is rather healthy right now as breath has starts to improve. That means, i.e., we do not see the mega cap seven. That means we talk about the likes of Apple, the likes of Microsoft, Amazon, and the year that's leading the fort. But uh, this particular uh, rally has been broadened out 
towards the rest of the other sector, except for energy, because of the uh, softening of the oil prices mm-hmm. in the last uh, one month or so. So, all in all, what you could see over here is that uh, we start to see signs of, we call it, uh, uh, number one, inflationary pressure and inflationary expectation has started to dip off a fair bit in the last two months. So, that is also another sign of encouragement that it builds up the optimism that Fed has more or less done its job in terms of the interest rate hike cycle. And the next step over here is to the extent that when they will start to actually uh, cut the rate. So now the issue over here is that, yes, optimism in terms of this interest rate cutting uh, trajectory seems to be pretty much rosy at this point in time. So uh, the biggest risk over here for that potential mean reversion, or we're talking about a mean reversion for a corrective decline, may potentially trigger off after tonight's, uh, we call it FOMC um, meeting, if Poya starts to sound pretty much hawkish, right. uh, as usual, yeah. So then how do you see the markets come January or February for those that are not in the Magnificent 7 or the Mega Cap Tech? So what I'll say over here is that if we start to see uh, oil prices continue to tilt lower from here or perhaps start to trade within a range of about 65 to 75 per barrel for the West Texas crude oil, so that could actually put a cap on inflationary expectation, which also means that i.e., the U.S. 10-year treasury yield could actually hover at around this uh, 4.4% level to 3.95% level. So that also indicates to us that uh, liquidity is still ample in the market. Then that could actually translate to what I call a positive uh, momentum feedback loop into the rest of the uh, U.S. Uh, sector with the likes like consumer discretionary industrial, except for energy, because energy pretty much has a direct correlation with oil price. So if oil price, uh, it's a cloudy for ticking. Uh, so if oil price starts to actually remain soft at this uh, trajectory, potentially uh, we find it very hard for energy stocks to actually have a default from here. Okay, and we are speaking with Kelvin Wong, the senior market analyst from Oanda. He's weighing in on the state of the rally in the US. But now let's turn our eyes to Asia, specifically mm. Hong Kong, because Hong Kong is not having much to cheer about these days. It's hitting new lows for the year, and although it had a bit of a bounce to the upside the last session, yes, yes. Uh, it's just generally not very good. Uh, right now, it's, it's been overtaken by India It's no, as the seventh largest stock market yes, in the world. Yes. So yes. no one really wants to be in Hong Kong, and perhaps even China, it seems. But as the saying goes, the time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. But there's also a thinking that you don't throw good money after bad money. So what's your take on this? Which, yeah. How are you looking at Hong Kong and China at the moment? Uh, yeah. Which code makes more sense? If you look at the current situation right now, the Hong Kong and the China stock market has not been a beneficiary of this ongoing uh, weakness in the US dollar environment. So this US dollar weakness is pretty much driven by the fall-off or the substantial four to, four to six weeks for fall-off in the US treasury yield. So that led to a bigger dollar. So primarily, if you look at from a cyclical perspective, a mm-hmm. weaker dollar tends to benefit uh, emerging markets, uh, stock limits, i.e. also anything that is excluding U.S. will tend to benefit and even outperform. So uh, if you look at one particular index that I'm looking at, it's MSCI Emerging Market Excluding China, which actually they fared pretty well for the month of November, they're actually up close to 10%. If you versus the one that is uh, heavily concentrated in China, it's actually on a negative territory. So what we could see the performance of the Hong Kong and the stock market currently right now is driven by the fact that it's not cyclical driven, but it's driven, unfortunately, it's structural driven. That means right now, i.e., market participants have started to price in, uh, in fact, uh, not repricing, mean, there's pretty much strong evidence that China is facing a structural problem, which is this heightened fear of a deflationary spiral that is getting yes. uh, pretty much sticky right now. So the, the issue over here is that, yes, we know there's blood in the street over here in China, 
valuation is very low, it's very cheap compared to the rest of the world. But if this structural issue is not being resolved by China's top policy makers, I find it very hard for them to actually sustain a, a meaningful rebound or recovery heading into Q1 next year. But yes, I mean, we talk about some traders that are looking at the very short-term perspective. Yeah, we may see a bit of short-term bounces here, here and there at, at most about 5 to 6%. But to see a very strong, sustained uh, recovery to reverse this two and a half year plus of major downtrend on the Hang Seng Index that we're seeing right now, uh, I thought it's pretty much of a challenge. Right. And the last question for you before we let you go, Kelvin. Um, mm. With all that being said, how can we position then uh, in the event of, let's say, the China and Hong Kong recovery that is perhaps anticipated? Okay. So uh, I, I think for us right here, uh, right now, is uh, given the fact that uh, my, my crystal ball is still, still not clear, uh, it's not so clear right now. Given the fact that the China policy uh, making uh, side of the story is quite opaque, so in terms of positioning, uh, we would like to say that risk management is quite very important. That means especially we need to actually position size ourselves uh, as we uh, take advantage of this uh, potential low valuation in terms of uh, we call it uh, in China versus the rest of the world. Or alternatively, we could look at other asset classes that are available. Uh, let's say, for example, emerging markets excluding mm-hmm. China. Yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for your time, Kelvin. Thank you, my pleasure. He's Kelvin Wong, the senior market analyst from Oanda. I'm Sean Chong, and this is the bigger picture on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.